Hello, hello, hello. Traveling Talent Ministries presents Talk to Us Teens by your beloved and beautiful host, Terry J. It's been a long time since I've talked to my podcast family in reference to my show. So much has happened uh, since then, since what the fuck am I going to do with my life? Um, I'm back working. I'm still back uh, doing some traveling and making my goals and my dreams come true. But I've had some tragedy. Uh, My son passed away the first week in March due to a drug-infused overdose. Not overdose. um, Drug-infused stroke. Um, He was using and uh, I guess he liked it too much. Got a hold of some bad stuff. Got a hold of some bad stuff. And uh, it got the best of me. I haven't put myself into no type of hole, but I feel like I need to, I I need to release. I need to release this what's going on um, right now because at this point, And then two months after my son uh, lost his life, um, my sister passed. She was 45. My son was 34, and she was 45, married with five kids. My son, he wasn't married, but he was living with his girlfriend, and he had just had two kids. The baby boy was four months, and the girl is two years old. Um, when he passed and uh, I wouldn't wish this pain on anyone this hurts so bad now I know how millions of parents feel in the world who have lost their children a loss is a loss it doesn't matter to what you lost it to a loss is a loss. A life is lost. It is no longer here anymore. And this is uh, this is the worst. And uh, while I'm still debating what I'm going to do with my life, uh, I decided to pick myself up by the bootstraps and and roll with the punches. And that's what it looks like I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to roll with the punches because I don't know how I'm going to deal with this without my son. He was my only son. Um, he was pronounced dead on March the 16th, but in, in my heart, I, I, I just believe he, he was gone before that. He has come to me several times in dreams in different aspects, some young, some when he was young, some when he was older. Um, I'll probably say he may have came about five five times already. Um, a couple of times he was young. He was old. But this is tragedy, and I have to get this out because I'm 53, and it feels like I'm going through menopause, and they say stuff about these mood swings and things like this. And it's like 
maybe this is what I'm going through, mood swings. Um, because I don't like the feeling. And most of the time, sometimes it comes in the morning before I get up. I'm either feeling sad and lonely or, you know, sad and lonely or just not happy. And I don't know why. I don't know what's to become of what the Lord's purpose is, but I do feel like I am doing it the, the Lord's purpose. As far as what he put me here to do. But I'm no I'm I'm just I don't know y'all. I don't like this feeling. I know that I don't like it. I trust God. I love God. And I ask him every time I get this feeling to take it away. Take it away from me because it has no significance in my world or in my life. But at the same time, I want to be happy knowing that my son is doing much better than he was doing here. God kind of got him away from all this madness that we're going through. And then I feel it for the parents that lost the children, you know, in the classroom or in the school. So that's shooting. And then all the other parents that have uh, lost children, I know I know how it feels now. Because, only because I'm like, this is but I want to turn negative into a positive and I want to release this feeling. Um, I'm doing a lot of self-love journey since I married myself when I turned 50. And I've basically been by myself since then. And maybe that's what I'm feeling. I don't I don't know. Um, I'm not being, you know, intimate with anyone. I'm, I'm getting a divorce. I'm getting a divorce. I'm back working. And, uh, and I grieved for two months when my son passed. And then two months later, my sister that I was just now getting to know, we had been talking to Marco Polo ever since 2015. I just now was getting to know her. We just fall in love with each other and getting to know each other. And she turns around in December 2021 and finds out that she has stage four breast cancer. She was trying to do it naturally, so she didn't do any chemo or radiation right away. And then finally, then she passed. On the same day, the 16th, as my son, as they pronounced him brain dead. All right, you do the same. As they pronounced him brain dead. Um, this is hard, y'all. My son was only 34 years old. And the part that hurts is that what they're doing to kill us black people. And I believe that they're trying to get rid of us. Any way they can. They're trying to get rid of us. And I'm just sad that my son, you know, got a hold of some bad stuff. And it got the best of him. And... And now he's gone. And I don't know what this feeling is inside of me. I, I, I talk to people. I have a spiritual advisor. I'm about to start going to therapy, but my health is short. I have several friends that I can talk to. But it's just, I want this feeling to go away. I don't like this feeling of feeling like, you know, giving up. Or just feeling like I'm just so tired of all of this that I don't feel like dealing anymore. 
that's not a suicide attempt because Satan don't have that much power in my life. So I do ask for prayers, but I do ask that help me to find my purpose. What God put me here for, what he put me here to do. What he put me here to help, who he put me here to help. I need to find my purpose and I need to find out why. And it only happens in the morning. And it hasn't been happening since I asked God to take it away and don't let me feel like that. Um, you know, and then sometimes I feel me and my daughter and my three grandbabies, one of our set of twins is eight and 11 year old. We've been basically living together all their lives. I've been with them basically, and I've raised all of them until they went to uh, start school. And uh, sometimes I get that feeling when they leave, you know, I feel, you know, like why they leaving me. You know, I, I don't know if this is that I don't want to be alone um, because the things that I'm supposed to deal with, having a distraction or having distractions and things will keep me from doing what I need to do for myself to get my life better. I really don't have anything to complain about. God is good. I mean, he's been blessing me other than, you know, needing some money, you know. There are no problems, so I hate menopause right now. I hate cancer, I hate menopause, I hate drugs. You know, this is having me change my life, as far as my son is concerned. This has really changed my life dramatically because I'm looking at everything different now, and it just seems like I'm not happy right now, and I don't know why. So I pray every day of why. I pray every day to a solution or something, something happens. Um, I know he's working up there on our behalf of his whole family, I know. Because I just feel like, you know, even though maybe all of us may not be, you know, where we want to be, we are blessed. And I try to hold on to that the most. Um... You know, far as okay, um, I try to, um, you know, I ask God to just, you know, take the feeling away from me. Just, you know, I don't, cause I don't know what it is, and I'm sick of it. I'm, I'm, I'm just tired of it. I don't want to feel like this anymore, and and, and I don't want to you know, give up, but more than anything, I want to know why I'm feeling like this, um, and one of the therapies is talking about it, <sighs> through my podcast, oh, the Starbucks is closed, okay, um, through my podcast, or, you know, trying to find something constructive to do, I, I like to write, I like to talk, as you can see, the podcast, I like to write, um, I love caring for people, and and sometimes I believe that that is my purpose, because that's what I've done most of my life and in my free time. Like anybody's sick, you know, I'm somehow, some maybe, somewhere, I may not be working, and I'm there to help. But more than anything, I want to know right now is 
what I need I need to know what's going on. I, I, I need to know what's going on. What I wanna know, like I said, I wanna serve my purpose. I wanna serve my purpose of what God put me here for. that out I don't understand this and I don't the thing is I do not want to not be happy what in the world is this a bit of banana and what in the hell I'm in the store right now ordering some I mean looking at some ice cream I want some ice cream Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Again, Traveling Talent Ministries presents Talk to Us Teens. I'm your beautiful host, Terry J. Um, I only got 13 minutes on my last podcast of trying to shake this fucked up feeling. Um, and ever since I lost my son to drug-induced stroke, um, I have been feeling really fucked up. I'm going inside because I'm outside now and the wind is blowing and I want the sound to, uh, I want y'all to be able to, to, to hear me. But yeah, it's been a really rough year for me. You know, I can't say it was the worst year because it's not over yet. But it's uh it's been a really rough year for me and and this thing cut off 13 minutes after um last time so i didn't really get to get full in with the spill of things and and things that you know i've been going through mentally spiritually emotionally physically and financially really um and uh every now and then i really feel the need to talk to talk about it and would like to not have any type of um, interruptions. So, you know, I can start with March, um, which began the bad month for me, starting out far as the year of 2022. Um, some things were going on with my son. Um, my spiritual advisor says that it, uh, it was mental illness that made my son feel like, you know, he needed to have drugs to make him feel better or some type of way in order to um, be able to cope with the day. I asked so many thousands of questions to her, you know, because that seemed to be all the thing, the only thing that uh, I want to talk about because that's close to home. That's something that I help bring, someone that I help bring into this world, you know, that's a part of me, that part of my heart, a part of my attachments. And right now to this day, I go over everything that, you know, has ever happened to him bad that, you know, from the time he was born up until he died, you know, was, you know, I, I, I question anything about myself or as did I do anything wrong? Because, you know, at times, sometimes I feel like, you know, God's punishing me. 
you know, because he let that happen. But now I know how millions of people feel. People lose children every day. And these days especially, you know, due to the senseless violence and these drugs that they're putting on the street. And now they talk about colorful drugs, colorful fentanyl drugs to, to attract the young people. And I can't, I can't help but, you know, think, you know, you know, I can't say, you know, government is doing anything like that. You know what I mean? But the drug cartel, um, you know, they got money to do stuff like that. They got money to do the die and do all this and that and the other. And they just, you know, it's, it's all this mess is just killing our young people. And I pray every day, God, come and get your world because it has just gotten out of hand. Satan has no control like you think he has. And it's, all of this is just, it's gotten out of hand. It, it really has gotten out of hand. But it hit home with me because of my son. I always wonder, it wasn't anything that I could have done different. Was it me? Uh, you know, I had my little selfish phase where, you know, at times, you know, I was never totally out of his life. But I had my little selfish phase at times where, you know, I wasn't exactly always involved. And because my son lived a fast life, he didn't want to go to school. I had him in the best schools. He didn't want to go to school. He wanted to live a fast life. And 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 and, and participate in a very, you know, risky social life, so to speak. Um you know, with uh, sales and marketing and things like that. You know, he wanted to live a fast life. From uh, he, I learned a lot of things about him when he passed that he wrote, and I write uh, poems or whatever, songs, whatever, short skits or whatever he wrote. I learned a lot of things about him. He knew how to draw real well. My son wasn't big on dancing and singing and all that kind of stuff like that. Um, you know, sometimes because of the lifestyle he lived is the reason that he stayed away. And um, I just try not to think about the things that he wrote about as far as being out here in the street and selling to people and, you know, the, what kind of people he was selling to. It just seemed like, in a way, that's sort of the kind of the thing that he did is the sort of the kind of thing that took him out. And I just wonder if God allowed that or is that the reason or... You know, stuff like that. I constantly pray and ask, you know, why? You know, everybody asks why. Why, Lord? You know, when babies die, why? You know, preteens die, why? You know, we just ask why. Because we know God can do all things. And he can heal and he can create miracles and all kind of stuff like that. But this is, I wouldn't wish this pain on no one. And I can't be selfish now because now I know how millions of parents feel, my mother included. She lost my sister at the age of 39. She was battling cancer. And um, a few things happened, and it seemed like when she fell, it didn't help her bones either for her strength. And that's when she passed. Somebody in this bathroom? But, um, but yeah. It's a lot of things that, you know, triggered uh, this conversation as far as me being one child less 
This really hurts. I, like I said, I wouldn't wish this pain on nobody. It's not raining yet. But I'm doing and looking to make my podcast show better. And I guess I can make it better by um, I'm going to seek some type of therapy because this is really hard on me. You know, you never know how things, how hard things are on you until they hit you. And like I said, now I see how millions of parents feel in every day having to deal with the loss of, you know, their child to deal with the loss of a loved one. And, you know, having to deal and heal every day. It's a process. It's a process. Just thinking about the night before my son died or the day of the things that I go back over in my head from which his girlfriend told me that was going on before he went to the hospital. All of that is a task within itself. Because here I, my baby, I'm trying to figure out what was he thinking about? What, what, you know, what could have been so bad that, you know, make him feel like he needed to, you know, use drugs to make him happy? What, you know, and all in all, what happened with him was somebody gave him some bad stuff. And then I'm in my head again. Was that intentional? You know, is is it the drug cartel that's trying to kill our people, that's trying to kill our kids? You know, because you can't help but think that it's a higher source because of the simple fact that, you know, (laughs) people don't own things to, to transport things. You know, people with a lot of money do. So you, you tend to wonder, you know, how does stuff get here? You know, what, who did what? You know what I'm saying? Who did what? You know, to, to, to get this stuff here or to, to transact or to make this stuff happen. And if I think about, you know, what happened with my son, and I was just thinking, it really hurts. It hurts really bad. Because my, my, my baby was not... A bad person. Everybody say he was always smart. He was always a good advisor. You know, my son was good with his hands. He liked to fix stuff. And, I, I, you know, I just, I hate to see people die with wasted talent. Wasted talent. And I just want to know what could have been happening that bad in his head or mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and yeah, that he feel like, you know, he couldn't, you know, cope no more. He had to turn to something else to make him happy. Something else controlled him. You know, that's all type of things that I want answers to right now. Because to be honest, I don't think it was a drug. I hear my son didn't at least try. And I'm wondering, why, why? You know, why you want to try all these, why, you know, and then I try to listen to addicts, you know, to to figure out why they, you know, why they do what they do. I try to learn about, I'm learning about it now, but 
it's a lot of things that just goes through me as far as my son concerned. It's like, I need to talk about this because it really bothers me. I don't want to get in a space by myself where I'm feeling like, you can go ahead. I don't want to get in a space by myself where I'm feeling like, you know, all hope is gone, all hope is lost. You know, like it's nothing else, you know. I just didn't want him to get in a space like that. I didn't want him to get in a space like that where I feel like, where he feels like there's nothing else, you know, that I can do. Every I've tried all possibilities. Um, my spiritual advisor said that, you know, he felt like God had failed him, I guess, because everything he tried, every time he tried to make two steps forward, you know, things that push two steps back. And, and that happens kind of like to everybody. Um to be honest, but my thing is, his was, he was battling with this. Mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, what we tell ourselves is what we can create within ourselves and manifest on that, and sometimes those things happen like that. And they happen, I believe they happen for a reason, but I believe in what we tell ourselves. You know, we tell ourselves these things, and, you know, but you got I just wish I could have told him to stop doing that, you know? Because I was trying my best to help him every way possible to get out of the situation that he was in, you know? I even offered rehabilitation as a way to find living arrangements to get, because he just had two kids. You know, his daughter is two years old, his son is nine months now. And he wanted to get away from his girlfriend, you know? And, and he, he, you know, he felt like she was a part of his, stre- his stress. And not to mention the fact that, you know, every now and then when she gets some money, she was buying this shit for him. You know, because she said he would cry. You know, you got to understand her side, too, you know, because she when you battling with drugs, whether it be dope or, you know, uh, Percocets or these things that they taking now to, you know, relax themselves or to feel good. You know, you got to understand that one thing about addiction is it has control. And, you know, me personally, I don't want anything that's going to make me sick. You know, or I'm sitting around looking stupid. You know what I mean? Or I'm drifting off like I'm seeing so many children these days dozing and, and, and leaning forward and going almost down to the day on floor and then come back up. I mean, what? I, when I got high, <laughs> I got high to feel good, to laugh, to have a good time. I did not get high. <laughs> To be uh, uh, leaning forwards and back and, and just don't have no control and <laughs> talking and saying all these crazy things, you know, to, to, to entertain yourself. And, you know, that was no fun to me. When I got high, we would laugh and, you know, just laugh at anything. You know, basically laugh at anything. You know, we was doing this shit. We was, we were having fun with it. Let's just say that. We were having fun with it. Let me see what time it is, because I don't want to miss what I'm supposed to be doing, because I am, I am at work. Oh, it's almost time to lock up the lobby door. But yeah, when I did it, I did it to get high, and it's just all sort of things that I just, I, want, I would like answers to right now. I just feel like the best thing to do is to talk about it. Since I got to talk to us teens, and I was a teenager once in my life too, and I would like for more people to come and open up about 
things that they're going through because this mental health is real. It's serious and it's real. There's nothing to play with. It happens. One is no, one person is no better than the other as far as having issues. One is no better. Nobody's no better than the next person. So I focused it on, you know, uh, our teens because I feel like our teens is the one that needs the most help, the most experience, and, and the, the most, you know, uh, communication. You know, they, they, we need to, they need somebody to listen to them. You know, there's been times where I catch the train to work and I see people on the phone, teenagers, you know, upset, yelling, don't care who hear what they're talking about or nothing. Just now this drug that got you just, just acting totally crazy, you know, and, and it could be about nothing. And that's that one thing I said about telling yourself good things, because you tell yourself bad things, bad things. I go, what's going to live in your head is going to eventually act out. You have to tell, and it hurts me to my heart to see these kids go through this these days. And then these other kids holding their parents' stress or holding stress that's, you know, coming on that they're hearing, you know. I tell mine to push it away. Don't, don't hold on to no stress. Let it out. Don't hold on to it. Because you hold on to it, that's what makes illnesses you know, mental illness, spiritual, emotional, physical, it, it makes illness. It, 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 things that hurt and you don't like, you get upset. And that's the inside of your body. That's feelings. So my dad always said, let it out. Talk about it. Try to do something about it. Learn about it. You know, learn, you know, as much as you can, you know. That goes with the craft, anything that you want to do in life. You can't just jump in and say, I want to do it, and get a few little skits of how it go, and then be like, okay, jump in. Then they ask you, what you want to, why are you doing this? Or why should we have you here? Or why should we hire you? Or why this and why that? And you don't got no damn answers. All you know is just something funny, and you seem like you just want to do it. I had to learn that. Because I'm a jack of all trades and a master of every single last one of them. But sometimes certain things, when they ask why or why should we or, you know, da-da-da, blase this or blase that, can't answer them. Hey, look at you going out on the side. Oh, <laughs> she told me about this way. Yes, indeed, girl. Going right on out that way. Yep. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm just talking. All right, love you. Love you, too. But, yeah, it's just things that you need to talk about. You need to get it out instead of holding it in. You know, I mean... It is. It, it, it feels good. It really does. And um, I can't say, you know, it's not working for me. Along with asking God and my son and my loved ones to comfort me when I cry, because I still cry every day about my son. And then not to mention, I was just now getting to know my sister who died when she was 45. She had a husband and five kids. And stress lived in her life too. Starting with her mother, who she believed was a narcissist. And, and other things. I mean, it's just people hold this stuff in and it affects you. And I once heard, and I don't know if it's true or not, but cancer comes from anger. Maybe angry about some things that did or didn't happen in your life with yourself or with your parents. 
because I believe that's what my son was struggling with too, being the oldest grandson of my mother. Um, you know, he was struggling with, you know, not being the good example that he should be, you know, far as getting his life together, getting out of school, college, working, you know, being responsible and, you know, things like that, which most of them he did. He just didn't, I don't think he graduated. But for the most part, he was smart and responsible. But somehow never he let that drug get in his head and he battled with that, you know? He let that devil tell him, all hope is lost. There's no hope for you. You see things ain't working out. You got to understand when the devil talks to you, you got to talk back. Be like, get the fuck. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. You got to say stuff like that. And the thing about it is, <clears throat> my son knew the Lord. He had a relationship with the Lord. Only when he was in jail, though. You know how that goes. Only when he was in jail. You know how that goes. You know, okay, now I need you. Help me, Lord. That's not what the Lord is for. The Lord is not here for that. You got to be with the Lord 100%. Be in and out of jail, whatever your situation. You can't just, okay, Lord, I need you now. He's not an on-call God. <laughs> That's what my book should be about. God is not on call. <laughs> you think that every time you, you know, pick him up and put him down, you're supposed to be able to get what you want and you, it's just going to work out. No, it don't work that way. And I told him that too. And he rededicated himself at the age of 17. Now, I don't know if he went back and forth in a jail after that, because I think he was in jail a couple of, I know he was in jail a couple of times. Um, and I don't believe he had any problems there because I never heard about any. I just did my best to support him wherever he was in his life. And um, sometimes, like I said, I still feel like God is just punishing me because something I didn't do or maybe da-da-da-da, blah-blah-blah. But I don't know. But for the most part, you know for yourself if you are strong enough to want to stop or, you know, want to change your life. And he had only one episode in front of me, but he told me he was hooked on Percocets. Now, actually, I don't know who he's hanging with, who he's talking to every day. Somehow or another, this shit turned into dope. Like he graduated or something. From one thing to the next. And because he liked the way it feel. Personally, I don't like nothing. If I got to be sick, I, I, no. Mm-mm. <laughs> I don't like it. If I got to be sick, I don't want it. And apparently, that's what dope do. And the thing about it was, my father was an alcoholic and drug counselor for 30 years. And he did drugs for 30 years. And he also counseled for 30 years. Because after he got himself together and decided that he wanted to stop, he went back to school and got his high school diploma. And then he went to uh, uh, college to get his degree in counseling. He did that. He wrote books. He, he hosted TV, Internet shows. Uh, he did things before he died. So you have to want to, to do something. You can't, you know, like I said, God is not an on-call God. Like, you just be, okay, God. You know, can you do this for me? Then I'm going to put you down and then pick you back up. You have to want things for yourself. And I asked him, you know, and it was a lot of things that he was struggling with that I didn't know about. I didn't know that my baby was struggling with these things. I didn't know. 
and I really feel sometimes bad because it's like I could have did more to help. And all this stuff crosses my mind every single day that I think about my child. And it reels, and it's a little still unbelievable that he's not here. It, 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 it still is a little, it bothers me. Let's just say that. Because it really hurts. Because I wish that, you know, he could have been strong enough to say, fuck this shit, man. I, I got my kids. I want a better life for myself and my kids. And, you know, I'll better and to be a better example, you know. Just for yourself, not so much as for someone else. But do it for yourself. And that hurts. That hurts me because it's like... I want it, you know, like every parent, you want so much for your child, you know? You want so much for your child. You want your child to excel in everything that they do. You want them to excel. And the fact that, you know, he was struggling with certain things tends to hurt me a lot. Because it's like, I wish I could have done more. And I ask God, you know, I know that we can't really, you can ask, but it ain't like you're going to get an answer. Why? Why, God? Why did you allow my son to die? Why? You saved his life so many times from death issues, from him being out there, being fast in the streets, and da-da-da, and blah-blah-blah. Why did you allow him to die when you could have did something and, 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 you know? But all in all, you know, he came to me in a dream afterwards stating that he had to go like that because what I got in my spirit was, you know, he was like, he was talking to my dad and um, for some reason he had came, we was living, we was in uh, Palmer Park because I lived in Palmer Park um, my life as, you know, and I lived with my dad for a few years um, when I was like 12, 12 years old, stuff like that. And then I moved back there when I was like 25, 26, something like that after um, I left Sterling, my ex-husband. So um, for some reason, I was standing there talking to the girls and I was telling them, if I don't do nothing else before I die, I'll make sure that, you know, I, I teach God and direct you to learn how to, you know, be able to meet this world on his own terms. And then for some reason, I, I don't know why I was choking something. I was, I don't know, I had a broom in my hand or something. I don't know, but either way, when I looked down and looked back up, it was snowing outside, it started snowing real bad. And next thing you know, everything was covered in the backyard. And then Delano comes knocking on the window. Open the window, being his mean self. So, you know, he came as himself. You know, he was being himself because he was mean at times, you know. Um, And I said, don't be hollering at me. But when he came through the window, he didn't have no shirt on. (laughs) He just had some jeans on. I'm like, wait a minute. That's another thing that makes you wonder about signals and signs from things. Because it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, it's snowing outside. (laughs) And why is he coming through a window? And then he ain't got no shirt on. But he was the self that he, he was what he wanted to be. He, he was at a good weight. He wasn't looking skinny because my son had started deteriorating. And what led him to the Percocets was he was playing with his friend. And he messed around and hurt his leg. And, start, and they gave him Percocets. And he started liking it. That's where it started. And that started about 19... 2018 or 17, shortly after 2000. The accident was in 2021, I think. 
But he had said he had been on it for a year and a half now. But he, actually, he was on it probably longer than that, <laughs> now that I think about it. But um, his daughter was born in 2019, and she's two years old now. So um, he got a baby now. Um, my baby now is 10 months now because he getting ready to be one years old in November the 8th. But um, that's his son. He's named fully after him. I, and that's the point that I'm getting to. Um, when he came in a dream, he didn't have, uh, you know, no shirt on. He had some jeans on. So we were standing in the kitchen in Palmer Park, and my dad was behind me. And I knew I didn't, they didn't show, they didn't let me see him in the dream, but he was behind me. And um, the girls were still there. Somehow or another, I guess they went away when Delano came through the window. All I was hoping when he came through the window was, I wish he could come back like this. Not addicted to nothing, don't want to use no drugs, no, no alcohol, no pharmaceuticals. I w- I, that's the only thing I was wishing in that dream opposed to, you know, wishing some other things. But the only thing I was wishing that I wish it could happen like this, that he come back to me and he come back here, you know? So my dad, said, man, where you been all this time? Where you, you know? And I was wondering, I was like, I didn't know if Delano knew he was dead or not, but I, I believe he did because I believe this is the first dream. Matter of fact, this year on Memorial Day is the day, the morning he came. In that dream like that, it was a Memorial Day. And I was like, Memorial Day for real? So I guess he wanted me to remember this. But he, like I said, my dad started talking. And he was like, you know, um, where you been? Where you been all this time? Blah, 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 blah. You know, that is that there. So whole time when the lane was coming in the window, I noticed that he wouldn't look at me. You know, he didn't look at me. And I, I, I kind of, you know, I had on a robe. I was kind of like in the pajama mode. And I just folded my hands up in front of my, you know, I had my hands folded up in front while I watched him come in. And he didn't look at me the whole time. He, he didn't look at me. And I was wondering, did he, he think I'm mad at him? Or do you think I'm ashamed of him? And I gave his, let, let, uh, when he died, I, I donated his organs. So he had an incision on him, but it was in the back of his neck. And it was some sort of, you know, confirmation that, okay, yes, this is my son because I, I did give his organs away. So I know they had to cut him open and most of it probably was on his check. But I don't know why the incision was on the back of his neck because they showed me um, him getting, I guess, the organs taken out of him when he passed away after I signed the paper. I had a little skit that came through my dream of them doing that. But I don't know why it was decision incision was on the back of his neck. But anyway, it was like a confirmation. Yes, this is your son. So anyway, when he, my dad started talking, he was like, man, you know, I had to go like that, man. I'm sorry. I had, I had to go like that, man. I had to, you know, I had to go get myself together, man. You know, I had to shake back. And that was something that he did say every now and then. You know, I had to shake back, man. I shake back and I had, I got to do it over, man. You know, and, and, you know, the dream went off. And, and then, but for confirmation before it went off when he was saying all that, you know, due to the fact that he wasn't looking at me and I still was getting mad about that. Why, why he ain't looking at me? He think I'm mad or something? I asked my spiritual advisor so many things about that dream and my son, it's just not funny. But I had to look at the back of his neck to see that that was my son. Cause I'm like, shake back. What do he mean? Does he know he's dead? And, you know, and I'm wondering, do my father say why he said what he said? But my spirit told me he said what he said was maybe because the time that he was in the hospital, the days before he died, why, you know, 
It was like he was missing. And I'm like, did my dad know that he was going to die? You know, did it, what? You know, did my father know that, you know, he was, because I know, you know, they can see what you're doing, you know, here on earth. They can be everywhere. You know, God grants them a lot when they die. You know, they, they can do a lot of things because there's no more pain, no more crying, no more sorrow. That made me think, did my father know he was going to die? Because he said that. Where you been? You know, all this, you know, this, that, and the other. And then it was like Delano was explaining, but he was explaining to me. You know, I had to do that. I had to go. I had to shake back. You know, I had to get myself together, man. And all the time he's saying this, I'm thinking it's because the, the time that he was in the hospital. So, and I put two and two together. I was like, so then I asked the spiritual advisor. The spiritual advisor said, yeah, he did hang around the body for a couple of days. You know, he could hear why he was there. He could hear because, you know, it was his brain. But, he, you know, he can hear. He might not have been, you know, conscious because, you know, they had him under the thing where you had a tube in your mouth and, you know, a machine breathing for you and stuff like that. You know, when it's, it's the brain, you know, the brain tell the body what to do. So, you know, when it's that, you know, other things have to work to help you, the rest of the things in your body, um, you know, work. So I'm like, wait, did my father know he was going to die or something? You know, he's saying this. But maybe he said that to have Delano explain to me that, you know, I was so fucked up, Ma. I tried so many drugs, Ma, you just don't know. You know, just stuff like that made me think, you know, that's the reason why he was saying that. And that's why my dad asked the question, you know, because it could have been anybody asking him that question. But my father is dead, too. And he died in 2009 of a second bout with cancer. So, you know, most of my... Sisters died with cancer. Um, Karen, the second oldest girl, she died of a heart attack, but she used drugs a lot. But she was healthy, though, before she died, you know. And then her daughter died, shit, a year and a half or something after that, you know. But she was young. She was number like 30-something years old. She had just had a little boy. The baby died. We don't know why he died. We just seen his skin was red. So we don't know what that was about. But I know she got all her answers now. I pray that she got all her answers now. But yeah, I was just wondering about that dream about my son. I was like, did he know he was going to die? Did my father know? You know, Delano is this Delano's way of explaining to me, you know, why, what happened, what was what happened. Because the spiritual advisor said he was okay. He is sorry that he left, but he was okay with the death. Because, like, you know, he just feel like this world was too much for him. This is what she said. You know, this world was too much for him. You know, he couldn't take it no more. He was just tired and da-da-da. And in and so many words and conversations um, that I got from other people, you know, he did say it sometimes every now and then. You know, I'm tired. I'm tired of trying. And I, and I understand that because... That devil worked on me too like that. You ain't shit. You ain't doing nothing with your life. You see people doing stuff and da 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 and you just don't have the energy and strength to do it. And, they, you know, and, I, and, and I started going into that. I was like, see, maybe that's what he was going through. Maybe the devil was talking to him like that. You ain't shit. You know, ain't shit happening. You know, you did it all, blah, 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 da 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 you know. And he just got tired of it. But, I, you know, I, I can relate to that because I woke up a lot of mornings and felt like, but then I had to think. The medicine and the pain medicine that I was taking, that stuff has an effect on your mood. You know, that stuff can alter your mood. That shit makes you depressed. You know, because you got to depend on something to make you feel good. 
So that's when I started my holistic journey. You know, when I started the Traveling Talent Ministries, I haven't got my website up yet. I'm going to get that up. You know, I'm just waiting to get stable with my living arrangements because it's like I'm all I'm not all over the place, but I need to do better with my living arrangements now that I'm separated from my husband. My ex-husband, because he ain't my husband no damn more. Uh, if he cared about me, we'd be together doing stuff. So, you know, that's that. But I just, I thought about that devil and and it was working on him like that. And he might have been, you know, in that, you know, and just got stuck. And just, he got stuck. Because so many times I ask, why couldn't he be strong enough? Why, you know, he couldn't be strong enough to stop? Or, you know, because I was, was, you know, having conversations with him. The thing was, that hurts too, because... You know, he was just now letting me in. He, they like my son was very private. He he was the type of person. He did he, the type of lifestyle he had. He stayed away from the family most of his teenage years. He didn't come to family reunions and picnics and all that kind of stuff. He didn't do stuff like that because he didn't want his lifestyle to mash up with anything or any anything happening to anybody to with far as him or his family. And I believe that's probably why he didn't come around to a lot of things. Because he knew how he was living and what he was doing and da-da-da and blah-blah-blah. You know what I'm saying? And he didn't want, you know, that to, to mesh. So most of his teenage years, he wasn't around at family functions. Only thing I remember him going to, the family reunion that I remember him going to, he went to a couple because, you know, I had to pay for him or whatever. He went to a couple. Um, 2016 was our last family reunion we went to together when he was older. Um, 2016, we went to um, North Carolina. And then, you know, because we got family in North Carolina. And we do a family reunion every two years. That was the last time he went to a function with us, um, 2016. And he was there, you know, the whole time with me because we took a picture together. We had a masquerade ball. And, you know, and I think about my baby because he got expensive taste, but he never, he always seemed like he dressed like a bum to me. It was like, I, I don't know if I would date him, you, you know, if I was just looking at it by how you dress. You know, but my son had expensive taste, so I see why he couldn't buy the things he wanted most of the time because he had expensive taste. You know, he, he, he knew all the name brands and all of what he wanted. You know, he, everything cost if he wants something. So, you know, but I often just ask myself, you know, how things go as far as death is concerned and life. And I know I'm going to hate me swallowing when I listen to my recording because I hate that. But... I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I try to think about it sometimes, and I, I try to deal with it, and I don't know if this crying is going to ever stop. Now, I ain't worried about it stopping, really, because that was my child. That was, that was something that I helped bring into this world. I don't think that ever goes away. I don't think that. But I have need for therapy because I need to talk because that devil is talking to me, too. The devil is not going to stop doing his job. He's, he's not. And I don't care you all. See, kill and destroy. That is his job. He's not going to stop. So thank God that I'm a part of God. And I can ask God to protect me and to get me out of that. And then I had to alter myself off the pain killing drugs because I ain't take nothing major. Like, you know, I've I, I tried some of them, but they okay. But, you know. If I was getting addicted, once I think see stuff happening and I get scared, I'd be like, fuck that, I don't need that shit. Like I did vaping when my son died. Man, 
I found myself not being able to breathe. Oh, Lord. I said, oh, no, no, no. Uh-uh. And I didn't know what it was at first. But then when this shit started happening in my sleep, I was like, oh, hell no. Uh-uh. And then I read up on the vaping. I was like, oh, it's the vaping. You got to go. Got to go. Because, you know, vaping got nicotine in it. And then also lead and all that kind of shit that they use to make it to be able to come out like smoke when you do it. No, no, you got to go. So, you know, I was strong enough to say no and let it go. And that's what I did. And then I started deciding, I started feeling like, man, you too classy for that. You're a classy lady. You only staying around smoking and shit. Breath stinking. Even though the hookah stuff ain't make your breath stink, but still, it got nicotine in it. It's making you short of breath. You don't need that. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no ways around that to deal with your stress and your coat. And that's another thing I'm, 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 I'm mentioning. People have different ways of dealing with their stress. You try it. And for me, like I said, I get scared. When I seen that thing making me short of breath, I was like, no, fuck that. I don't need this shit. Nah, it ain't even that serious. Get down on your knees and you pray harder. Lord, help me. Comfort me. I needed something to help me and comfort me. And I was smoking them things fast, too. I was, that was another thing. I was smoking them fucking things fast as shit. I was just, because I was dealing with my mental illness with my son. And that's what it was. It's because I was dealing with that. And that's why I was smoking it like that. Because I had so many why questions. Why, Lord? Why? Why did you allow my son to die? You could have saved him. And anybody dealing with the brain, they probably like, the George Washington University is where he was. He was at UNC um, at first, United uh, Healthcare down on Southern Avenue, Southeast at first. And I seen through his paperwork, because, you know, I took all his paperwork. His girlfriend gave me his phone and all his paperwork, you know, birth certificate, Social Security, all that kind of stuff. I ain't got the Social Security card. But anyway, um, he, looking through his medical forms and stuff like that, seeing that he's been there a lot for withdrawals. He had a few couple of other things, minor things, like maybe, yeah, I think he hurt his finger or his thumb or something, and then at that time when he hurt his knee, um, and he did have some acid reflux, acid reflux, something like that. But he didn't have any major problems with anything, because they were able to give his organs away. His organs were good. His heart, liver, pancreas, kidneys, all that shit was good. And I'm thinking, he killing that shit with them drugs, you know what I'm saying? But that shit was good. And I believe that's the way God, you know, you know, intervened, so to speak, because those drugs are supposed to hurt all of those organs. But for him, it wasn't doing that. His was mental. He was mentally stressed out in his head. And it was because of what the devil was telling him, and he was believing it. That's why I said, I'm not going to let that devil tell me. I'm not going to let that devil tell me shit like that. Because he got so used to it. And what happened was with that, was he was using, yeah, he was using. His girlfriend seemed to think that, you know, it was dope before he died. That mixed with fentanyl. Even the spiritual advisor said it was laced with something. But he got a hold to some bad shit. And he got a hold to some bad shit one night on the 24th. And it took him out. He was alive for about maybe, 
I don't even know. I believe he died the first week in March. I don't know which day. Because my father's birthday is the second. Curry and Patrice's birthday, the one that's passed now too, at 45. She, her birthday was the fourth. But I believe it was one of them days in the first week of March. Because on the 26th of February, he was still alive. I looked at all my videos where, you know, they tried to take him off for the sedatives to see he was moving, you know, da-da-da, blah-blah-blah. But it's like the procedures would go well, but something would go left with Delano. He had bleeding on the brain. His brain was hemorrhaging, not bad, but he did have a little small tumor that they were able to get rid of. Like I said, procedures went well, but then things went left. It's like they were doing all they could do, but things were just going left. You know, procedure would go well, then this will go left. And also, he also had a brain shift. That means a piece, part of his brain shifted over to the left side. Part of the right side of his brain, just the part, because I, I, I asked him to show me, you know, I want to see pictures. I want to see what y'all see. They showed me. You know, there was a brain shift and we don't know if that brain shift came from the night of the 24th when he was going through his little changes, walking around the house, bumping into stuff and, you know, went in the bathroom. She said she heard a large thump in there, too, because he was trying to do the little withdrawal thing where you go stand under the cold shower and all this kind. He was trying to do all this stuff to 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 help him come back. But we think that because he got a hold of some bad shit or because he mixed that shit with dope or fentanyl or whatever he mixed this shit with didn't work. Didn't work. Eyes were diluted. He yearned on himself a little bit. He was standing in the door saying, Where my daughter? He's standing in the room of her standing in the door of her room. Where my daughter? And I think I don't know if she I think she was in there, but you know, he was right there and he couldn't see. And I just think about that every time I think about the way she told me and, and picturing him because my son was tall, he's 6'2", and he started losing weight. His face was skinny and stuff. And every time I, he had a perfect, he, he had just cut his hair, mustache and all that. And it's like, that makes me think, you know, what do they know but unconsciously know they're going to die because, you know, his hair was cut right and he cut his own hair and all that kind of stuff. And and, and and just me picturing him doing everything that she said, walking around the house, bumping into stuff. And he went to sleep, and that might not have helped. Because, you know, when you have head injury, you ain't supposed to go to sleep. You know, I, I mean, all this stuff crossed my mind. Every, everything, and then anything I can picture, I'm picturing him walking around. As she described it, I'm picturing it. Walking, watching him walk around and bumping into things and you know, falling out and all that kind of stuff. She said he fell out a couple of times. You know, oh, my God, I just, that shit. That shit is the reason why I need to talk, because that shit hurt just to know that your child was just not strong enough. And the fact that he got a hold of some bad shit, that ain't help either. And then I get mad sometimes because Jennifer, the one that went and got this shit, he gave her $50 and told her, go get me 10 of them. She believed that he took five, you know, because they try to reach for that same high, 
you know, they try to get to that same high that they were, you know, to feel, you know, that feeling. And then you just picturing him going through all of that shit. And then the thing about it was, when the emergency ambulance came, she said, well, she seen his eyes rolling back in his head. He was rolling at this time because that's what those drugs make you do, roll or whatever. She got scared, so she called an ambulance. And this is probably not the first time that they had, you know, had to come there for him. And uh, But he walked out of there to get into the ambulance. He walked out of there. We, I don't understand that. He walked out of there to get into the ambulance. And my spirit tell me, you know, told me what he had on. Because I'm an empath. So God sends things to me through vision, dream, people, and all kinds of stuff. So when I, she started telling me things, I just started picturing it. I said, did he have on a blue jacket with his sky blue, uh, with his stonewash pants on? And in his um, blue, he had just got some new blue and black joints, the new ones. Because he, he might not have been able to dress his ass off. But he would get the best shoes. He would try. He would he'd make sure him and his kids had the best goddamn shoes. He would he would do that. And she said, yep, yep. She said, yeah, Ma, that's what he had on. And I didn't know because I wasn't there. But this is the vision that God gave me. You know, and I'm believing that he had on a, 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 I don't know if he had on a T-shirt, but he had on maybe, well, it was summertime, so he probably did have on a white T-shirt. Or a t-shirt. Because he came back in and got his jacket. And said somehow he was cold. So he took his jacket with him when he walked out of there. And it, that's the thing. He walked out of there. And got into the ENT truck. He walked out of there. And I, and I saw all of it in the vision. And I just don't know what happened. In between that ride and him getting to the hospital, he was still moving because Jennifer was right behind him. She went, she got somebody to watch the kids, and she took her car and followed, you know, them to the hospital and stuff. And um, and then, you know, I don't understand why she didn't tell them that, you know, he was on drugs or he had just got finished doing this, that, or the other. I don't know why she didn't tell him that because things could have been avoided, you know, for them trying to de- detox him, you know, if she would have just told him that, you know, and, and she wasn't thinking, she was just thinking, I'm trying to give my baby some help, you know, because sometimes I get mad at her too for, you know, every now and then going to buy that shit for him or getting that shit for him, you know, because she wasn't, you know, she was a chronic weed smoker and she, she used to do dippers. He never went and bought nothing for her. So why would you go and buy something for him? Why would you do that? But she said he would cry for it sometimes or, you know, just like he needed and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, how can you need something that make you sick? Why would you want something like that? I didn't ask him this. I didn't ask him this. But, you know, I'm thinking to myself, why would you want, you know? And then I think about her sometimes and I get mad. You didn't help. You helped kill him, if anything. Because it was what you went and got that night for him that killed his ass. And he could have killed himself. You know, it's a lot of answers. I want him to answer with me, too. I want to talk. In the dreams or whatever, I don't care how it's done. I want to talk because I want to know. You know, well, you, you took too much. You, you overdosed or what? I mean, you know, I mean, what? You know, I want to know. And I, I, I ask God constantly, please, can, you know, can we come? Can we talk? You know, come in a dream, we talk. You know, I, 
certain things I just I just would like to know that will help, you know, my heart. Because it's like a piece of that is gone now. It's doing better than me, but it's gone and it's not the same. And he was only 34 years old. He was only 34 years old. And that's still, a loss is a loss. I don't care how old it is or young, it's a loss and it hurts. It don't hurt so much when people are old and done all they wanted to do and da 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 blah blah blah, you know, didn't travel and you know, did all they wanted to do. It don't hurt that much. But when it's somebody that's a baby, infant, preteen, teen, whatever, you know, 34 years old, that shit hurt. It don't matter, it hurt. And I have to constantly, constantly talk about it because, you know, I'm trying to deal with it too. And then, you know, I gotta deal with his kids asking questions, you know. Naja, I'm going to tell my daddy. His daughter's name is Naja. She always, I'm going to tell my daddy, you know. Because he loved, she loved the ground her daddy walk on. I just watched a video where he had her on camera. And he said, say something to the people. And she was like, and she wasn't nothing but a few months old. <laughs> she might have been about six months. He was like, say something to the people. And she was like, ah. I was like, how the hell did she understand that? You know what I'm saying? For her to say something. She wasn't crying or nothing. That was just, when he said say something, she couldn't talk. So that's what she did. So it was just, it was amazing, their relationship. He was really about his kids. I was looking so much forward to him raising his kids and watching him raise his kids, get his life together and raise his children and be able to live out his dreams of what he wanted to do in life. And I was so looking forward to that. And that's why it hurt so much. That's, I believe that's why it hurt. Because, like I said, he was just getting ready to let me in, you know. And um, the ending part of the dream was I have to do it over. He said, I got to do it over. So then I asked my spiritual advisor, can they reincarnate? And, and she said, yeah. I said, um, I'm thinking maybe he put himself in his son. Because that boy is so full of life, spirit, energy, everything. And he just looks at you certain ways sometimes. Like, Delano is like, Delano is seeing things in a new light. You understand? It's like, because he reincarnated himself, and I believe in his son. His son looks at you sometimes with this look. And, it, and I can't describe the look. I, in a way, I can describe it, but I'm trying to describe it how the way he's looking at you. Like he's so thankful or, you know, he's trying to understand you and, you know, stuff like that. And he really loves the hell out of me and his mommy. And I love to see children smile when they see their parents because that means their parents are not neglecting them. You know, they're really loving on them and teaching them and guiding them and directing them, you know, in the right direction when they see that they're going in the um, wrong direction. I just believe he put his son, self in his son. Because I said, Delano, are you going to give me some kids before I go? God, you know? And, and I never meant for it to be, you know, give me some kids before you go. No, it was me. But he gave me some grandchildren. I really believe he put himself in his son. His son got his whole name, Lano and all, nickname, everything. And I really believe he put himself in his son, and that's what he meant in a dream by 
I got to do it over. So we call him Big Lano because he's going to do it better than his father. But that within itself, and on top of that, I started walking at seven months, Delano started walking at seven months, and his son started walking at seven months on Father's Day. So everybody looking at him, short legs, running around there, be like, how old is he? Seven months. <laughs> seven months. Yep. Seven months. And I just believe that my son put himself in him. But it's just not the same for me because, you know, that's Jennifer's son. That's not my son. But I'm going to have to accept it because at one point when he was in the hospital, I had said, if he go, I want to go. I don't want to be here no more. But I have to realize that I got another child that loves me and needs me too. She has four girls. And then God or Lano, I don't know, say, Mom, no, you can't do that. Because I need you to be here for my kids, to help Jennifer with our kids. So I took that back. And I just constantly ask God to help me, to give me strength to endure. I work and everything, and I, but still my goals and dreams, um, uh, I want to see those before I go. But mostly because kids are attracted to me, I think my job is to serve, and my purpose in life is to serve, is to be a sister with a servant's heart, and that's what I am. And that's what I'm just going to do. It don't matter if I become famous or, you know, nobody knows me. You know what I'm saying? As long as I've done what God want me to do, what he put me here to do, and my purpose, I'm happy with that. And I want to be a leading light and teenagers and, and a guiding light. I want to be God's star. And... um and I want to travel. I want, you know, my house. I want my charter buses. I want things to be able to, you know, have a fun care center for kids. You know, they're learning, having fun, but they're learning. They don't know they're learning, but they're having fun doing it. And for so many years, that's what I've done with my grandchildren, my grandbabies. So I figured I'm going to travel. But if I don't, you know, intellect with the teenagers, it don't matter. Because I can travel with my grandbabies and we can learn together. Have fun and learn together. Who says you can't learn and have fun? You know, you got to put learning into everything around the house, everything, every place you go. You got to put a learning experience into that. And that's what I do. And that's my purpose in life. And I believe that's what I'm here to do. So God's will, I'm going to stick around, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. I got to stay here for my grandbabies, and I'm going to start traveling with them. I might not be able to start with Traveling Talent Ministries, but guess what? I can start with my grandbaby, and we can travel to the world and use our talents along the way. Who says we can't do it? Nobody. The devil say might say, or naysayers might say, Put stepping stones in your way. That's life. But you got to be God's star. You got to keep your eyes on the prize. You got to keep your eyes on God. 
You got to put God in everything that you do. You got to go to God with every question. You have to depend on God. Because God is the only way. People going to say all type of stuff. But God is the only way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. I mean, always remember that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. My son, for my sisters, my stepbrother, my dad, and all my loved ones that are up there in heaven are interceding on our behalf to make sure that the things and the desires and the goals and the dreams that we want in our heart one day come to pass. But we must stay focused. Don't take your eyes off of God. Stay focused. God is the way, the truth, and the light. This is Terry J, Traveler Talent Ministries. I love you. Peace.